One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill. We are a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And we are here to serve you up a heaping platter of murder. I don't actually know what Sadie's going to talk about tonight. I know that it's about a beautiful, sweet, loving soul named Karen who left this world too soon. But other than that, it's a mystery, which is really fun because it's kind of like actually listening to a podcast. (laughs) I'm getting, we're getting a podcast fix while making a podcast. So I win tonight. That's right. I definitely won last time. I really enjoyed not Oh my God. It's so much more fun. So I'll shut up and let you entertain me. All right. So tonight we're going to talk about the murder of Karen Navarra. Karen Navarro was born on October 7th, 1950 to her mother Adele and father Dominic. One of two children, she grew up with her brother Stephen in San Jose, California. Dominic owned a pharmacy where Karen, people called her Cookie, cute, took prescription orders. She was pleasant, reserved, quote, the kind of girl you could tell a secret and she wouldn't tell anyone, said a childhood friend of Karen's. Her brother Stephen was the outgoing one much like their, quote, jovial, larger-than-life dad, while Karen took after her mother Adele. Quote, They were like the perfect family, added a friend who sometimes visited the Navarra home or went for a spin Karen's sporty Volkswagen Carmen Ghia. Man, Carmen Ghias are the best cars. Mm -hmm. Do they still exist? Well, I'm sure that they're still out there, whether they're made or not. Manufactured. Right, I don't... (laughs) Adorable. Yeah. Karen studied science at nearby San Jose State University for three years. She moved into her own apartment and became a pharmacy tech at a regional hospital. Nice. In the 1970s, Karen's brother Stephen died in a motorcycle accident, something that changed the family in a really big way. Mm -hmm. After her brother's death, Karen really wanted to take care of her mom and dad. Starting her own family was not a priority. 
Karen's dad, Dominic, passed away in 1996. When Karen's mother, Adele, was in her 80s, she met Tony Aiello. They met while in line at the Save Mart meat counter, and he asked... (laughs) I know. And he asked her to coffee the same night. He bought two dozen roses for the occasion. Oh, my God. Uh, Speaking of golden girls from the last episode. (laughs) Right? So (laughs) So cute. sweet. Both Tony and Adele were widowed. They were very close in age, and before long, they married. Adele was two years Tony's senior, but people marveled at how sharp and vibrant she was. She moved into Tony's house after they got married. It just so happened that Karen lived two blocks down the street in a home that she had inherited from her grandmother. Nice. Yeah. As Tony entered his 90s, he had false teeth, an artificial hip, and an artificial knee. He gripped a walker to hoist himself out of bed. He had contraptions to help him pull on his pants and socks, along with a shoehorn to slide his feet into Velcroed shoes. Bloody. He had hearing aids and a pacemaker with a defibrillator for his heart. He had suffered a heart attack previously and needed a triple bypass to survive. Wow. He would read recipes in the living room and forget the ingredients by the time he reached the kitchen. Arthritis stiffened his fingers that had served him for decades as a deli butcher, so he could cut his food with scissors. The slightest nick while pruning trees in the yard would make him bleed until Adele would, as he put it, quote, patch me up. After losing an inch or so to age, Tony stood at four foot eleven. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so little. <laughs> Still, Tony would brag, quote, nobody believes that I'm 90. He could do anything, quote, a little slower. Nice one, buddy. Despite his age, Tony seemed strong and healthy. He was a stocky figure walking down the sidewalk in a tank top, like a pint-sized Marlon Brando. Yep. By all appearances, he lived a rather typical life for the past 50-plus years. Karen was known to say that she was, quote, the loner of the family. Her privacy was very important to her. Her life revolved around work and home, where she cared for her cats and grew roses in her yard. According to Adele, her daughter hadn't seen anyone romantically in years. A co-worker once heard Karen say, quote, thank God I'm single. I don't have to deal with all those problems. <laughs> Girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about a tip. Somebody, please take my wife. (laughs) Not really. I love her desperate. That was my uh, Rodney Dangerfield impersonation, which is (laughs) at the end of this episode, stick around and Sadie and I will tell you about a fun game to play. But no, don't take my wife. She's my soulmate. I love her very much. I love you, Laura. (laughs) Karen and Adele talked on the phone every couple of weeks and Adele kept a spare set of keys to her daughter's house. Karen, who was five foot five and about 170 pounds, seemed physically strong to her mother. She did a lot of walking on the job, pushing medicine dispensing machines across the large hospital where she'd worked for more than 40 years. Wow. She was described as caring, taking shifts for coworkers who had family commitments. When an old acquaintance ran into her at CVS, she noticed that Karen was as gentle and pleasant as ever. On September 14th, 2018, In a sudden, tragic turn of events, a coroner's investigator came to Tony and Adele's house and broke terrible news. Mm -hmm. Adele's daughter, Karen, had been found dead. Mm -hmm. Karen was 67 years old and lived alone. On September 13th, when she didn't show up for a shift at Regional Medical Center of San Jose, a co-worker stopped by to check on her. 
The front door was unlocked, so the co-worker went inside. They found Karen in a chair at the dining room table, her legs stretched out, her head slumped over the chair's back. She had suffered terrible blows to her head. The prosecutor later described them as injuries that, quote, destroyed her identity. Oh, God. Her right hand clutched a flint kitchen knife with an eight-inch blade. Her throat was slit twice. Ugh. And she's sitting at the dining room table. Right. Yeesh. Mm -hmm. When investigators arrived, they noticed no blood spatter from the wound in Karen's throat, indicating that it had happened after she was already dead. Uh-huh. It's curious. Also, yeah. They also noticed it looked as if the scene had been staged but poorly, without a clear idea of the fake plot. Mm-hmm. The knife in Karen's hand seemed to suggest suicide, yet the knocked-over chairs indicated a struggle. Her bedroom and kitchen drawers were open or on the floor as if ransacked, but the drawers were neat, their contents intact, with cash, jewelry, and electronics still in the house financial documents on the kitchen table mm-hmm. you guys if you're gonna stage a scene <laughs> yeah take a moment mm-hmm. <laughs> think it through. Well, i thought when i was thinking writing this i like to take a drawer out and then like gently place it on the floor rather than just like toss yeah. it yeah but yeah i don't know i, I, I don't too play much true crime <laughs> yeah, well that's exactly <laughs> it it's like the people who would know how to do this are not the ones who are going to do it Mm -hmm. But if we did, we would do it really well. Mm -hmm. As Karen's body was brought to the morgue, the coroner took note of the Fitbit Ulta HR, which is a smartwatch that tracks heartbeat and movement Mm -hmm. on her wrist. Mm -hmm. The judge signed a warrant to access its data. When two police detectives arrived at the ILO's house later that afternoon to interview the couple, Tony opened the drapes and saluted them from inside the window with a wide grin. Mm. As he opened the door, they asked how he was doing, and he responded, quote, Oh, not bad for a young kid. Mm-hmm. Seated at the kitchen table, Adele was alert and asked the detectives to do all they could to solve her daughter's murder. A few months before her death, Karen told her mother that she saw a man watching her from across the street and worried that he might be spying. After that, she started driving straight into her garage and sealing the door behind her. Mm-hmm. Around the time authorities believe Karen was murdered, at least two neighbors say they heard screams, possibly a cry of, quote, let me go. Neither neighbor called the police. Guys, come on. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Well, another time when I was writing the story earlier today, my children were in the yard Uh playing, Uh screaming their heads off (laughs) as they do. And I was laughing to myself because it it could be... (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm really glad our neighbors don't call the police on us every time I could scream bloody murder. <laughs> no, they scream exactly like murdered women. They really do. Like, a you two-year-old really sounds exactly... Yes. Like, a peacock and a two-year-old sound exactly like a woman yeah. being murdered. That's a but, really good point. Yeah, so I would be I would to... be the neighbor who would just... <laughs> proactively over calling the police every time Be like okay seriously this is like the 11th time you know that that's my kid calm down like, you can never be too careful guys mm-hmm. i'm i'm in true crime i know so on september 19th fitbit's director of brand protection stopped by the san jose police headquarters to collect karen's smartwatch He reported back to police the next day that Karen's device had been syncing via Bluetooth every 15 minutes with her phone. An initial analysis showed that on September 8th, 
a full five days before her body was discovered. She didn't take any steps after 3.13 p.m. Mm, wow. The data recorded her heart rate accelerating at around 3.20 p.m. and then taking a, quote, precipitous drop and ceasing altogether by 3.28 p.m. Wow. The device did not capture any more motion activity until Karen's body was taken to the morgue. The prosecution would later allege that she was, quote, brutally murdered in her own home while eating her last meal. Mm. Investigators had found pieces of pizza at her feet. Oh, no. Police collected video from a neighbor's ring surveillance camera that pointed in the direction of Karen's house. The footage showed that from 3.12 p.m. to 3.35 p.m. on the day when Karen's Fitbit showed her heartbeat stop, a gray Toyota Corolla was parked in her driveway. It belonged to Tony and Adele. Oh, boy. It is so hard to get away with crimes now. Mm. I, I'm i sure current day, modern day criminals really envy old timey criminals mm-hmm. because <laughs> it's just incredible how much mm-hmm. information is available now. Like so you are data. being watched, tracked, listened to at all times now, which yes. is great. I mean, it's spooky as hell, but it's also great yes. um, for cases like this. Mm-hmm. So Tony told police that he had gone over to her house that day to drop off homemade biscotti and pizza for Karen. According to Tony, when he left, she was still very much alive. Yeah. Tony told police a few hours after he dropped off the pizza, he was outside and heard a honk. He glanced up to see what looked like Karen's white car passing by. Someone was in the passenger seat. Tony hmm. had mentioned this drive by to others that day. The exact details seeming to change each time but all versions included the unknown passenger. Hmm. With Tony's story in mind, the officers scanned nearby houses for cameras that would show Karen driving. They found one, but after reviewing its archive from late that afternoon for a car like Karen's, the cops came up empty. I am so intrigued by this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On September 25th, 2018, the police called Tony and asked to meet him at Karen's house. When Tony drove over, a swarm of armed police jumped from unmarked cars. One neighbor, peering out the window, heard them yell, quote, Put your hands up, damn it. Tony was arrested in Karen's driveway and charged with her murder. <sighs> I had a feeling this was going to go in this direction, and I don't think I like it. Or maybe I do. I don't know. <laughs> I can't wait to find out how I'm supposed to feel about this. Yeah, yeah. Before we go on, I relied really heavily on a great article in Wired Magazine. Uh, It's titled, A Brutal Murder, A Wearable Witness, and an Unlikely Suspect, written by Lauren Smiley. So, who was Tony? Anthony Vincent Aiello was born in Chicago in 1928. He was one of seven children. His family moved back to Sicily when he was a toddler, And after fifth grade, he left school and started helping out in the family's olive oil factory. I mean, uh, (laughs) I know (laughs) he's from Chicago. He works in olive oil. It's so cute. Yeah, it's really cute. In his late teens, he heard murmurs about being drafted into the Italian army. Quote, within a week, I was on a boat heading back to the U.S. is what he said. Yep. Get out of there. Yeah. He served in the U.S. Army during the Korean War and afterward settled in San Jose, where his sister lived. Tony found a job at a Del Monte pickle factory. Oh my god! <laughs> I love a pickle, uh, you know. So much. Mm-hmm. 
He got married and later joined his brother-in-law to run a small grocery store on a rural road serving the local Italian and Portuguese farmers. While a family member says he was always a droll jokester with a, quote, sparkle in his eye, some people who knew him said he could be overbearing. Quote, he was superior and the boss. One woman who worked for him as a teenager remembers thinking he was, quote, creepy. Hmm. Is that your stomach? Get, I, get out of here. <laughs> no way. God, that is so weird. Uh, these microphones are so sensitive. Oh, my God. The Aiello's had two kids, and by the late 1960s, they were able to buy their first home. After his grocery store was torn down to make way for a bigger road, Tony opened a deli in the strip mall close to his house. Tony enjoyed working at his deli. He would happily chat with customers. Quote, he was a scrappy kind of guy, a don't mess with me kind of guy, one regular remembers. He and his son, Tony Jr., started a towing business in the 1980s. Quote, I love to work, Tony would later tell interrogators. For a hobby, he hunted deer and boar. The walls of his converted garage were mounted with taxidermied game heads. So back in the current day, at the San Jose police station, Tony was brought into a homicide interrogation room. Quote, what the hell am I doing here? He asked detectives. He waived his right to remain silent and told the police his life history and answered questions about Karen until one detective abruptly shifted the subject. Did Tony know what a Fitbit was? He shook his head no. They told him that it was a watch with a step counter built in. Oh, nice, Tony said, not seeing where the questioning was going. It also had a heart rate monitor, they said. Oh, that's even better yet. The detectives continued. The data shows that Karen's heart stopped at 3.28 p.m., they told Tony. What's more, they knew Tony was there at the time. Quote, oh no, said Tony. She was alive when I left. They kept Tony in the room for more than six hours, going over every aspect of his visit again and again. While Tony, in his jovial manner, kept calling each of the cops, quote, my friend. Hmm. One finally grew exasperated and said, quote, Tony, let's get this straight. You keep calling me my friend. We're not friends at this point because I'm accusing you of murder. At another point, Quote, I think you caved her head in. I do. I think you did some really evil stuff. Tony's response. Not this kid. Not this kid. I'm a lovable man. Family man. Wow. Is that like charming or creepy? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so Detective Brian Meeker would later tell a grand jury, quote, he was in there doing stretching and calisthenics and moving around, walking consistently, raising his arms above his head, stretching and twisting. He also would mutter soliloquies, quote, I got blamed for something I didn't do. How did that happen? I have no idea. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Yeah, you're done. Screwed up. No, he's convinced. Yep, the county jail. Lost the house. Tony Aiello in jail. Wow, you're stupid. Idiot. What? Yeah. That's so these are Richard Durst shit right there. Was that yeah. his name? Robert? Rip Robert. Richard. Robert Durst. Robert. I think Ooh. Robert. Yeah. Yeah. Durst. That's very Dursty. Mm -hmm. During another break, quote, that's my baby, my baby, my adopted daughter. Who in the hell would have done that? Yet another break, quote, never see the daylight again. I didn't do it. Who in the hell was in the house? Hiding. Wow. So getting nowhere, the cops started prodding at a motive. Maybe it was money. Quote, that's one thing we didn't need, Tony said with a laugh. Were you trying to come on to her? Never. Oh, God. Yeah, right. He said, no way. There's nothing like that. I'm a happy man, a very happy man in many ways. 
At one point, the cops told Tony that other investigators going through his house and they'd found the same brand of knife that was in Karen's hand at the murder scene. Oh, no. Even more concerning were the traces of blood they found on shirts in his hamper. Quote, is that going to be Karen's blood? A detective asked. Tony answered, nope, I don't think so. Wow. Authorities seized the blood-spotted clothing in the hamper and detected blood residue in the sinks. They also found a camouflage jacket with blood splatter on the sleeves. They sent the items to the county crime lab for DNA testing. Within days of Tony's arrest, the family hired an attorney who arranged for Tony to take a polygraph test. He passed. A flattened cigarette was found in Karen's kitchen. Neither Tony nor Karen smoked. An initial DNA test showed the genetic markers of an Asian man on the cigarette. Oh, I thought you meant the blood. I'm so nervous. Where is this going? (laughs) (laughs) You killed an Asian man? (laughs) No, no, no. Sorry. So on the cigarette, the DNA test showed genetic markers of an Asian man. Got it. The Santa Clara County prosecutor said that the cigarette had been, quote, placed atop one of the numerous blood spatters, suggesting it could have been planted. Uh huh. But as test results came back, the evidence started to look really bad for Tony. The blood on the camouflage jacket matched Karen's. Mm, I was afraid of that. Mm-hmm. The prosecution no longer had to rely on the timeline from the Fitbit and Ring data. The defense, on the other hand, claimed it was, quote, not an amount of blood that would be consistent with a person who was committing the type of murder that occurred. Still, how do you get any type of blood on your sleeve from right? another person? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Another person who was murdered. <laughs> you, know, like, yeah. you know, it's just, right. just a coincidence. <laughs> right. Tony's defense attorney hired a neuropsychologist. She interviewed Tony for 75 minutes and noted his short-term memory problems. Mm. His friendliness honed during the years in customer service made him, quote, likely to appear much more capable than he actually is, she wrote. Uh huh. Raising a serious question as to, quote, how it would have been even remotely possible for him to strategize and cover up a murder. Quote, were it even physically possible for him to achieve this in the first place? That's the real question, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Sliced her with his little gadgets. Right. Well, when I think about our grandpa, who was towards the end of his life, had mild dementia. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it was never, you know, real severe. But it was definitely present, and he spent a lot of time living in the past, right? Um, especially like his his military time. military time, and yep. um, you know there were days that I would go visit, and he would tell stories, and he would get more aggressive, not towards me, but um, you know, like one time he he was in a nursing home, and he would talk about how the guy sitting next to him at his lunch table was going to steal his walker. Oh my god! I and I was like, about no. this. "Yeah, I was like, Grandpa, no, I don't think that happened." And he was like, "Oh, it did." And he said, "I was going to get him." And I said, "Well, what were you going to do to him?" <laughs> and he took his fist and he put it in his throat like he was going to punch him in the throat. <laughs> you know, and I laughed because I, our grandpa was like so kind, so gentle. Oh my god! Like, like so gentle. Never. I don't think I ever spoke. heard him raise his voice. No. You know, like just the most gentle guy. But he was also even uh, with old age like strong and yep. had some heft to him. I don't yep. know that he could have had the strength to beat somebody to death, but like, yeah, he was a very physically fit individual. He took good care of himself. And so right. 
I can see if under the right circumstances, could have had a little burst of energy and done some damage. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't he so, say something about karate chopping someone in the neck too? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> karate karate chopping in the neck. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> God. Get my story right, Sadie. I know. It's the greatest. It's um, the best story we got about our grandpa. You know. He was a brilliant I, man and all kinds of things, but karate chopped the neck. Is, yeah. Is, <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I just, I've been thinking about that a lot. Yeah. Sort of what, and I and I do know that with dementia and Alzheimer's, bouts of rage can be common, you know, like aggression Absolutely. and yes. violence. And, yes. You know, so just things to think about in this crazy case. Uh, Tony's defense intended to introduce an alternative theory. <laughs> they thought that Karen had already been injured or cut by someone else. Mm. And that person was in her house hiding when Tony arrived with pizza and biscotti. Uh Uh, When Tony hugged her at the door, the blood got onto Tony's jacket, or perhaps it got on Tony from a tissue or Karen's long ponytail. That doesn't seem very likely. Yeah. And she just didn't mention it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And he, I mean, I think that the the footage showed that the car was there for nearly 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so she's going to be injured allow her father-in-law to come in like while this guy's just hiding because he doesn't want to injure the old man i mean yeah i'm i'm not sure what you know what's what in this case but i'm pretty sure that's that theory is not the way it worked no (laughs) no so the defense says it's quote very likely the killer murdered karen sometime after tony left they planned to attack the fitbit data that seemed to show karen's heart rate stopping at 328 p.m on saturday afternoon Mm mm-hmm Research on fitness trackers shows that they don't always perfectly mirror reality. Hmm. An analysis of 67 studies on Fitbit's movement tracking concluded that the device worked best on able-bodied adults walking at typical speeds. Even then, the devices weren't perfect. They got within 10% of the actual number of steps a person took half of the time Hmm. and became even less accurate in counting steps when someone was resting their wrist on a walker or stroller. Hmm. Uh, it's not measuring actual behavior. It's interpreting motion. Interesting. Yeah. I know our mom has a Fitbit. She mentioned the other day that she had been raking leaves and looked down and it said she'd taken like <laughs> a million steps or something crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was picking up every time she moved her arm. Yep. Fitbit's terms of service point out that this is a consumer product with accuracy that is, quote, not intended to match that of a medical device or scientific measurement device. Sure. Fitbit measures heart rate using green LEDs that beam hundreds of times per second into capillaries through the skin. Whoa. Yeah, I didn't know that. I think it's I didn't very either. interesting. It's yeah. really interesting. That's not what I would think it would be at all. I would think yeah. it was some sort of like movement Pressure. thing. Yeah, some yeah. kind of toggly thing that goes back and forth every time you move or something. I know. Welcome to the welcome future. To, <laughs> welcome to uh, Courtney and Sadie's science, science talk. Today we're talking about toggly things and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those capillaries allow in more of the light when full of blood and less between beats. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Man, that's so much more complicated than I thought it would be. (laughs) Nuts. Uh, It's uh, like the the ghosts that sit next to you in the haunted house in Disneyland. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If you guys want to know how they do that, stick around to the end and I'll tell you because I know because I have friends that work at Disney. I'm going to give up a big secret. They use toggly things. Yep. So, yeah, they measure the blood 
less between beats, and then the device measures how much light is absorbed. That measurement is then put through in a logarithm to generate a person's heart rate. It works best when someone is at rest and is less accurate when someone is exercising. Despite these devices not working perfectly, they are reliable enough to show when someone's heart stops beating completely. Uh, Tony's defense lawyer said that Karen wore the device for only two weeks or less before her death, and it hadn't yet normalized to her signal. Right. They said that Fitbit, which assigns a confidence score of 0 to 3 to its data collection, assigned a zero confidence to the data on Karen's device on the day the prosecution says that she was murdered. Interesting. And that there were moments after 3.28 p.m. when Karen's Fitbit seems to still report heartbeat data. The Fitbit executive testified at a grand jury hearing that Fitbit had turned over a large Excel spreadsheet of Karen's heartbeat and step data to the authorities. He also clarified that a confidence rating of zero means that the device isn't registering a heartbeat at all. And detectives say that Karen's device showed no heartbeat and zero confidence at 3.28 p.m. and after. Wow. Wow. Does that make sense? I think so. I think so. Yeah. So a zero confidence rating doesn't mean that they're not confident in the data at all. It just means that there's no heartbeat being recorded. Right. Which would be appropriate when someone has been murdered. Right. So you can still, they're saying you can still count on the data, even if there's a confidence rating of zero. I see. Yes. By March, Tony had been in jail for more than five months. He'd been transferred to the hospital several times as his breathing and heart function worsened. Fellow inmates helped him dress, shave, and make his bed. Adele supported Tony 100%. She couldn't believe he was capable of killing her daughter. Adele had been angry since Tony was arrested. She believed that the prosecutor wanted him to die in jail before he could clear his name. Wow. While Tony was there, Adele still answered his daily jail calls. She said she'd do anything it took to have him back at home. She told anyone who would listen, quote, that kind man wouldn't hurt a flea. Mm-hmm. Because of his age and frailty, the defense tried to get Tony out of jail while awaiting trial. The prosecutor responded, quote, this is a murder case, a brutal murder case. This is a person who has gone to extreme lengths to avoid culpability from lying to investigators to fabricating stories to throw them off to tampering with a crime scene and very ineffectually changing a crime scene. She then dropped a bombshell. Two people had come to police claiming Tony had sexually assaulted them when they were children oh, in the 1950s. Oh, no, no, no. Yep. Tony's daughter, Annette, later brushed off the allegations as a, quote, ploy with, quote, no validity. I looked and looked and looked for details on any of this. Yeah. This, these allegations, I could not find a thing. You're kidding. No. Other than that, just what I said. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So I have no idea. I mean, like we've talked about before, I don't think people just come forward with no, no. allegations of sexual assault. Especially not multiple people. Right. Uh, So the judge answered, quote, I believe that there is clear and convincing evidence that there would be serious risk to other people in the community. Tony was staying in jail. He was the oldest suspect to ever be held in custody before trial in Santa Clara County and possibly the United States. Wow. Yeah. In June, Tony entered the hospital again for heart failure. This time he stayed for more than five weeks and signed a do not resuscitate order. At the end of August, after being indicted by the grand jury, 
Tony was shuttled to the hospital for the last time. A sheriff's deputy was posted outside and sometimes inside the room. At points, Adele and Annette visited him as he faded. At approximately 6.12 p.m. on September 10th, 2019, while his daughter Annette was present, Tony died. Mm. He was 91 years old. Wow. Having no other suspects, the prosecutor decided to dismiss the case, leaving Tony's guilt or innocent unresolved for all involved. Until the end, Tony maintained his innocence. Quote, we will never know what really happened to Karen, says her old friend. That will bother me for the rest of my life. I'm going to be bothered for the rest of my life. What are you doing to these people? <laughs> um, I know. What? So, I... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Somebody tell me. <laughs> right? Oh, my so God. I thought we should talk about the like vers- the guilt versus innocence because that's really all there is out there. Yeah. It's it's a pretty rel- like new case that happened mm-hmm. recently. Yep. Um and as soon as he died the the prosecutors just closed the case. They're not going to investigate it any further. What? They never looked into they never looked into other suspects. Oh my god. You know, and obviously there's quite a bit of evidence that points towards Tony being guilty, yeah. right? Yeah. And also, he was 90 years old when it happened. Yeah, man. Oh, my God. So I can totally see why Megan stayed up all night thinking about this one. <laughs> uh, we forgot to give her a shout out. Um, yeah, I was going to do it. Yeah. Our yeah. our friend Megan Glenn is, um, since Sadie and I aren't proofreading each other's stories anymore, we roped in our poor unsuspecting friend who's also a total <laughs> true crime lover. And Sadie said she just couldn't sleep all night like trying to solve this case. And I totally understand why. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we have? What do we have for? So heart stopped. He was there. Blood. Her blood was on his clothes, which is pretty damning. That would, Mm -hmm. for me, that would be the big one. Right. The biggest. And that's, I mean, those are the big ones for him. Yeah. So the, the heart rate stopped. The ring camera showed that he was there when it happened. Yep. They found blood on his clothing. Yep. And this, so the big question mark though is whether or not the the heart monitor was accurate like right so it said this is the specific time but then it's also big question mark whether or not that's an accurate time um so it could have happened before after pretty much any time within those five days wouldn't you say Mm -hmm. yes Eh. yeah Eh. and i couldn't find any information on if there was I mean, I assume there just wasn't any other witnesses that saw her after that day. Right. Um, did they look at the ring camera after that day to see yeah. if other cars went to her house? I mean, there's so many unanswered questions that I almost didn't do the case, but I was so fascinated by it that I am hoping <laughs> that yeah. other people will also be really into it. Yeah. Um, and maybe we can crack it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, scoot over adnan this is the new kid in town (laughs) um yeah and then for his innocence it's it's mostly his age right would he be able to overpower karen right didn't sound like there was a lot of a struggle you know so somebody surprised her yep you know but then that for me leans towards tony like did he just come up behind her and hit her in the head and then knock her unconscious and right got a lucky shot in and right um 
But what was the motive? Why? Exactly. What was the motive? Other than, yeah, a little bit of dementia or if he had made sexual advances and she had rebuffed them and then he didn't want his wife to find out, that would be a pretty big Mm -hmm. motive, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Was he back in the Korean War days and just had a moment of... Yeah. Got, had to go yeah. get the enemy. Right. While she ate pizza. <sighs> oh, my yeah. God. That is crazy. That is crazy. And, yeah, we all know those old dudes that you're like, I don't know if I like you or if you, I'm scared of you. <laughs> right. <laughs> definitely sounds like one of those guys that is either the best guy on the planet, like the cutest caricature of an Italian immigrant or a uh, creep. Right. Man. Right. But, yeah, there's no reason he would have had his blood on her clothes, though. I mean, that's just, there's no reason. There's no reason for him to be in the proximity of her to get her blood on his clothes. I could see it the Mm -hmm. other way. You know, like if he cut himself and was bleeding and she was helping Mm -hmm. him because she's his Mm -hmm. daughter-in-law, that would make sense, but not in the other direction. Right. Yeah, Reddit had a couple of discussions on the case, and they have their theories, of course, and yeah. all speculation. But somebody was like, well, maybe because of his dementia, he showed up. She was already dead, and he gave her a hug and then left and forgot that by the time he got home, he forgot that she uh-huh. had been murdered. Uh-huh. You know, like, yep. <laughs> you know, like went to help her know. and then yeah, got home and made a peanut butter sandwich or something. Right. And it yeah. doesn't sound like it was a tremendous amount of blood on the clothes, but blood spatter wouldn't be a lot of blood you right know, so, um but yeah i mean i just i don't know yeah no <laughs> remind me did they what they didn't have a murder weapon right or didn't find anything that not that they mentioned right no. right because yeah. like i'm a small person i'm a really petite little person and i think the only thing that i have in my favor when it, if it came to like an attack would be the element of surprise. So mm-hmm. I think I could do enough damage to somebody if they didn't know it was coming, mm-hmm. you know, if I had the sledgehammer or something to right. get the first shot in, then it's, I think it's entirely feasible that a nine-year-old man could do that if he had the right weapon. And if she was totally unaware of his presence, which it sounds mm-hmm. like she was. Right. Yeah. I mean, I really kind of lean more towards that. He probably was the one that did it. You think so? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, it doesn't seem likely that, it, it just seems like such a coincidence mm-hmm. that her Fitbit data would stop at the same time that his car was in her driveway. Yep. And then there was no other, no other data right. at all right. collected. I know, I guess it's possible that the battery died, but I think uh, it probably would have been able to tell that or something right. would have investigated right. that unless yeah, they didn't want to, if they didn't want to exactly. have that information, then they would exactly. have left it at that and been like, bingo, right. there it is done. Yeah. And I think a big part of the problem with this case is because it was never brought to trial, that information isn't out in the public. Yep. And so unless we can like go get the grand jury indictment <laughs> that's sealed. I'm going to need that ring footage. I'm going to need to subpoena that <laughs> ring footage because I want to see who else went in inside of that house within those five days. Because that seems yeah. like the big, the big piece. I mean, that crazier things have happened like... Uh, Brendan Dassey or you know people where you're mm-hmm. like I really don't think that kid had anything to do with that but the cops are just like nope you're the one honing mm-hmm. in driving it home um, so yeah I, oh man that is a good one that is a tough one if the blood mm-hmm. wasn't there I'd be like bullshit the cops just mm-hmm. fully framed him but the blood mm-hmm. really makes it hard to it's not like touch DNA or 
Right. Um, I now I'm going to have to go dig around and see cases where like blood DNA was inaccurate. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. could there have been some kind of transfer mm-hmm. that would? Have well, I think that something? sometimes it happens where uh, samples get mixed Ooh, in the lab. Right. That's a Brendan Dassey thing right there. Right. Yep. It seems like he most likely did it, but mm-hmm. he's 90. So what the mm-hmm. fuck? Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think if he had been in his 70s, even 80s, mm-hmm. it would be a pretty open shut case that, yeah, he did it. Yeah. But yep. can a 90 year old man murder, have enough strength to murder someone? Right. Well, and okay. So I'm still thinking about the blood. It, oh, right. I forgot. Right. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, so it could have been switched, but it, that doesn't make sense because it had, it was her blood on his thing. So it's not like they would have collected that from someplace else and then mixed it up with his case. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, but I'm thinking like, it. so I don't know how it works in the lab, but if they have all of the samples for the whole case, so all the samples they took from her house and the samples they got from his house and they're, the lab is testing them together. Ah, uh, could that have happened? You know, maybe. And I have, that's right. such a speculation. I have no idea, but yep. if, if we wanted to easily explain away the blood evidence, that's one way to do it. But it's not likely because I think that most of the time the labs do a really, yeah, know, it's obviously very important that they keep their shit straight. So what's the, what's the awesome lawyer's name, the defense attorney for the Brenda Oh Desk? man, uh, Kath- Catherine, Kathleen, Kathleen, Catherine. We need her on our case. We need her on yes. this case. Man. That is her name. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. So there you go. Oh, that is a really good one, man. That is a yeah. really good one. I, that is something to puzzle over. I don't mm-hmm. like unsolved cases generally because, I don't know, they just usually are kind of wide open. Like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. But that one's like, oh, that's good. That's also one that'll drive me to back to the internet to find out more information. <laughs> I know. Poor Megan. So thank you and also fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Tell us, listeners, uh, when you listen, let us know what yes. your theories are. Do you think he did it? Yes. We'll um, start a thing on this one because this is a, yeah, I, I want to have some more conversations and I feel like I need to process it some more before I'm... <laughs> capable of having those conversations but holy shit dude that was great thanks yeah i i found it really interesting and yeah um, couldn't not talk about it so i would agree with you yeah maybe it was an owl like in the staircase oh my god that case (laughs) oh my god yeah if you haven't watched the staircase you're welcome go take go have a gander at that that shit is crazy Mm -hmm. especially because they just released that update like within the last year which I don't know. I if I was a I am a producer. I almost said if I was a producer, I am a video producer. <laughs> <laughs> I am a video producer and as a producer, that is your fucking gold pot of gold mm. for you to like do this whole case that's crazy as it is and then to be like, "Oh, PS, here's another craziest twist ever." So, yep. go watch it. It's great if you're a video for video producer <laughs> like me, you'll especially love it. <laughs> Man, great, fun, awesome, good job. And I feel bad that about revealing the Disney thing, but I will because I promised I would. So if you listen to this whole thing, wanting to know how the Haunted Mansion ghosts are protected. <laughs> I forgot. I was like, Disney, yeah. like, are we telling the end of some Disney movie? <laughs> <laughs> 
okay. I'm back on track. So many twists and turns. Um, so in Moana, you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, if you want to know, send me a message. I'll tell you in private, but I'm not going to ruin the magic for the whole world by saying it right now because I don't think that's fair. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. so if you really want to know, and I promised I would keep, I'm a woman of my word, I'll tell you, but I'm not going to announce it to the all, you know, 1,000 of our listeners or however many we have. <laughs> uh, what do you got? Some businesses. What are our businesses today? Um, I think the big business is that our Patreon is up oh and running. Oh my God, you guys. We had the best week. We're ha It's only mm -hmm. Tuesday. We're having the best week. Best week. Because of you guys. Yes. Two of you in particular. Yes. Came out we of launched, nowhere. Yeah. We launched it yesterday, and we got a, a follower yesterday, and then we got a follower today. Yeah. A follower, a subscriber, both of the top tier. That's right. So uh, we wanted to give a shout out to Aaron S. and Isabel T. for being our first two patrons. Yay! Holy shit, you guys. It's like ooh, best case scenario. Yeah, we, launched, I... we soft launched it even. Like we didn't even No, we haven't announced anybody. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I thought 100% that it would be our mother or our aunties that love us. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, oh like... yeah. My, my wife. Like, yeah. That doesn't make sense. It's coming out of our own That's money. right. But as far as we know, unless they're using like their catfishing hidden identities, <laughs> they are actually not our they're family like, or friend members. They're like, we, we really need to encourage them. Let's set up some fake accounts. <laughs> So I'm pretty sure it's legit. Oh, and Aaron S. He did. He's he's right outside of Dallas, Texas. So he said that we could include him in our Texas coven. And so welcome to the coven. Thank you, Aaron. Yes. yes. I hope you all find each other and go have beers when we cannot. When we can finally be together. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking Absolutely. of covens, I also want to give a shout out to our listeners in Canada. That's happening now. Yay! Uh, we've got a little coven happening there and in the UK. Yep. And New Zealand. Little baby yep. coven in New Zealand. So it's really starting to come together. We are oh paying God. attention. We are obsessed with you guys. And I mean, it's like constant texting back and forth with like cry faces and you guys, party emojis. And we are yeah. so thrilled that people are enjoying this podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, because it's, it's obviously what we wanted, but we are doing this for you, and we're so happy you're here. I will never stop saying that. No, it's, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, there are not words to express how much it means. A big part of my life, I mean, Sadie and I, in a previous life before as a video producer, I was, a, we worked in human services and just human connection and, um, you know, taking care of each other and connecting with each other. It's such, it's the most important part of my life and always has been. And I cannot tell you how much it means. Um, we love doing this and we did it because we were like, A, we've already listened to all the true crime that's out there. And B, we want to make the true crime show that we want to listen to. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it's working and that it is connecting with people and that you're enjoying it is, uh, boost the most profound experience to be having so thank you i also wanted to say if it's something that you want to do it's like you know i said last week more is more um and i think that is absolutely the case in uh podcast world because 
we can't get enough. Like mm-hmm. I cannot get enough. I never have enough podcasts to listen to. So, uh, you know, I think the more the merrier. So if it's something you want to do and you want to know how to do it well out of the gate, <laughs> not like we, <laughs> Flounder we keep our for first, first yeah, yeah four or we five episodes. Our, <laughs> we keep our first episodes up because I always get a bit out of shape when people take their early episodes down. But now I know exactly why they mm-hmm. do it because it sounds like poo poo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, feel free to reach out. Send us an email or send us a message, and it's it's a pretty easy formula. It just will save you a lot of trial and error, and it's not expensive either. I mean, there is there is an investment. Um, there's a monthly investment for hosting and things like that. But as far as like, I was super imp- intimidated, thinking I was going to just have to spend like five hundred dollars on equipment, and that's not the case at all. So no, not at all. Send us a message and we will help you because we want to listen to your podcast too. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. It's not enough. (laughs) So, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And um, we'll put the Patreon up soon. We're going to have to figure out merch Mm -hmm. that um, will be associated with that. We're promising gifts and now we have to deliver them. (laughs) Yeah. So if you're Um, one of our early... Uh, patrons please be a little uh, yeah. patient as patient. we figure it out the things we promise we will follow through on it might just take us you know a couple weeks to yeah not a tremendously long time yeah i also yeah. want it to be cool and something i would actually like use or wear not just some generic t-shirt with our logo on it so mm-hmm. um i'm going to invest a little bit of time in that we do have enamel pins coming they should be here shortly um, and we will be offering those to anybody who signs up to Patreon within the first like month. We'll put a time limit on it. So it's not necessarily first come, first serve. It's like if you, within this window of time, sign up for our Patreon, you get a free Gift. enamel pin. Yeah, regardless yep. of the tier that you join. Tier, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, what else? Um, oh, one thing I forgot to mention in the last episode, this refers back to Amy Bishop Hall's episode. Um, Amy where Bishop talking... Anderson. Oh, but, uh, uh, Amy Marie Applegate's Applegate. episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was talking about the grocery list in that episode that I found in Found Magazine that said like bologna, mm-hmm. mayonnaise, <laughs> lettuce, sex and understanding. <laughs> so the second... We got, we finished, we concluded the recording of that episode. Uh, This came up in my Instagram. It's a grocery list and it says like shallot, thyme, capers, brandy, split peas, carrots, (laughs) a sense of style, and then celery. (laughs) It says things Hannah needs to pick up colon and then that list of things i was like god yes i was so well timed uh, so i couldn't funny. believe it I'll so post thank, it on instagram. yeah thank you instagram follower for i don't know that weird serendipity mm-hmm. it was cool cool and well timed yep. um oh and i have one more businesses get a pickleball set you guys that shit is so fun <laughs> this is my recommendation for the week I got us a set because, you know, we have limited options for exercising and I need to exercise or I'll have three hour panic attacks and ordered a pickleball set. And holy shit, man, that game is, that game is so much fun. It's so, it's just easy enough to make it fun and just hard enough to kick your ass. Like I was so sore yesterday (laughs) that I had to take ibuprofen. So (laughs) yeah, I thought it was just going to be like, you know, a old person game. It's so fun. And we play it in the road in front of our house. 
So you could play it anywhere. Yeah. I'm going to get some for the boys. I thought we could play it in our driveway. Yeah, absolutely. You don't mm-hmm. need a ton of space. Um, and our court was taken, our, our court, that we rode our bikes <laughs> to the nearest court the other day, and it was taken. So mm-hmm. we just played in the road, and now we just play in the road because it's a blast. So That's awesome. Don't play yeah. games in the road, though, people. It all depends on where you live. <laughs> I, at a time like this, it's Well, you all... hope so, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you are in the road and someone drives towards you, you can citizens arrest them because they shouldn't be driving anywhere right now. So it's a win-win. You can police social distancing and get your exercise without having to leave your neighborhood. That's right. Um, Before I forget, real quick, going back to the case while I've got the thought in my head. Yeah. uh, I couldn't find a picture of Karen. And so I usually, I really want to post, you know, pictures of our victims um, mm-hmm. but I couldn't find one for her and it sounds like she was an intensely private person. And mm. so I think it's probably best anyway. So if for some reason people are worried or wondering why I didn't honor her in that way, um, yeah. it's because I couldn't find one that I was for sure that I knew for sure was her. And mm-hmm. I think she would probably prefer it to stay that way. So yeah, that's fair. Yep. And also crazy that a case about technology solving a crime uh the victim doesn't have any evidence of herself through technology (laughs) right i know i know yep well shit dude good job thank you i think that's all the businesses um we love you guys so much so so much much, so much uh masks i just sent out another round of masks and totes apologies to anybody who's waiting on totes uh we ran out of printer ink and Right now, it's not the time to run out of anything unless you mm-hmm. want to wait a real long time to get it back. So <laughs> uh, those are on their way. And um, I still have some more masks to make. So thank you for your patience while I get those done. Those should be out by this weekend at the latest. Great. Yeah. Um... Goodbye. That's it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at They Will Kill, uh, Facebook, Twitter at They Will Kill. We're really pretty much on instagram so if you really want to come and hang out with us and talk yep. to us yep. and when i say us i mean courtney pretty much uh, i mean it's a group effort it. yeah i love it but very few yep. things go past me without me screen capping them and sending them to sadie and us oh yeah no no i pay, i totally pay attention yeah, yeah. i just i, I just want to give you credit too thanks it's not, yeah. yeah it's coming so, from my fingers <laughs> physically but it's uh, from both of us for yeah, sure for sure and, and if you <laughs> receive like two pretty similar messages <laughs> responses yeah multiple times i think we did it today yep. um it's because we aren't paying attention to who's responding so anyway you got to hear from both of us yeah um so our website is theywillkill.com you can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com i was wondering the other day if the guy who has or, or girl or person um who owns they will kill at gmail.com if they're starting to get random messages oh man <laughs> damn it probably so if we haven't responded if you sent us an email and we haven't responded just check and make sure you sent it to the right address that's a really um, good but yep because at this point. point we don't receive so many that we won't be responding for some reason you no. should hear back from us yep what else thank you aj for our music it is so good and we love it and feel free to use this jingle for your self to <laughs> promote your music business <laughs>
Because he but needs I will, help from us to make music. Yeah, and I'll, I will sue him if I hear that melody. <laughs> hear that, it's AJ? Like a top 40 hit next year, and I'm like, wait a minute. I know. He's such a sweetheart. I doubt, I somehow doubt he listens to True Crime Podcasts. But if you're listening, AJ, Courtney's going to sue you. going to sue you, dude. <laughs> never, uh, never, never, never. No. Angel. <laughs> Uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. All right, you guys. We I love have you. another one. I love you too, Courtney. Goodbye. Goodbye. That's enough. That's enough. Goodbye. The end. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> oh, <my> shit. <laughs>